This is Idle Inspiration, the podcast about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. My name is Caleb. I'm David. And we are back with another episode. You know, after uh, how many months has it been? So many. More than one. (laughs) So many months. Uh, Yeah, it was. I think it was like March or something when I did an episode with Josh Lang. Uh, so it's been even longer than that since oh, we've man. done an episode. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be changing. I mm-hmm. I I think we're gonna try to do some episodes on Sundays here. Um, even if David can't make it. Uh basically usually what happens is like I put my child down for bed and that's when I can get some get a few things done. Yeah. Um, at the computer, and I'm like, um, you know, let's do some podcasts during this time period. So, uh, next week we're gonna have, um, uh, my friend Seth, uh, a different Seth than you're probably thinking, uh, dear listener. Yeah, you have like a few Seths. Hang on. I have three, three Seths specifically that are are regular. Uh, that's funny. Actors in the play of my life. Um. (laughs) Anyway. Today, we're going to talk about characters, uh, kind of like we did last week. Uh, uh, Josh Lang and I talked about um, characters a little bit. We, we, I guess this will be kind of like a part two to that episode now that I'm actually right. thinking about it. It'll, be, it'll have a more specific twist to it um, because we want to psychoanalyze the sort of characters we make and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we di- I did a similar thing with Josh Lang. We were talking about, um, talking about characters. Um, but David wasn't there for that. So let's keep talking about it, shall we? Right. It'll be fun because David just made like a long list of all the characters he's played. Um, <laughs> yeah, for more than one no, session. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least for more than one session. Yeah. So we'll we'll pick each other apart. Um, uh, where do we want to start? Um, what do you think? Well, I guess why don't we start with you because your list, like you said, it's either endless or short. So yeah, very true. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing we're going to aim for the shorter uh, one. Probably the... The low hanging fruit for me is when I'm and I'm gonna actually have the chance to play a character uh, in where someone else is the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually play uh, what what is commonly referred to as a sundere. Um but I get there's there's yeah. a little bit more to it than that. It's not just like being a, a prickly person with a heart of gold. It's I also am the sort of person who basically my my go to in role playing games is to be dynamic, is to mm-hmm. be like. Things are boring. I'm going to shoot someone and move things along, right? right? Um, Keep it moving, yeah. Yeah, keep everything moving. That's the sort of thing I do as a GM anyway. So I like Mm -hmm. to be... That's that's the sort of character that I like to exist in a role-playing game so that things (laughs) can keep moving and and twists can happen and stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, so most of the time I'm playing a character who is a little grumpy, um, but is, you know a teddy bear on the inside ultimately like you know has loyalties or whatever and then mm-hmm. will be the sort of person who makes i think the the mo- probably the most iconic thing of characters that i make as a player is characters that are willing to make hard decisions that's mm-hmm. pretty much if if i had to sum it up to anything it would be that yeah. um so i'm the sort of person who uh will sh- yeah shoot another character because right you know we got to keep the story moving i, I think the first time because uh, we noted before we started that a lot of the characters you've made, because you often don't get a chance to play, have been in one-offs or two-offs for Bonds. And the the first one you made, I think, was for a science fiction campaign or campaign session. And it was uh, it was like a 
captain. He, he was military. I knew that. I can't remember the specifics because again, it was a while ago. Um, but I remember being surprised because I think this was the first time I'd really like interacted with a character of yours because, you know, like where I would expect you, you know, you're a uh, forgiving person, right? You're, you're, you're nice. You're a forgiving person, right? You, you have a, you're very um, personable and your character was like, it was just like hardline. Uh, there were a couple times where people like um, there was a, a like a cyborg lady who was originally against you, and then she like I think she got like cut off from her by her boss, oh, whatever. And she, yeah. And you had a couple times where you're like, man, I just cut her loose. Like this is I'm in a bad situation. Wasn't this wasn't this Uncharted Worlds? I think this I was Uncharted Worlds because I rem- I remember like the the game creation process for this. Okay, where we were I doing. So I, I think it was right. just like we wanted to try out the system and do okay. like a short thing. Yeah, and I remember okay. it because it was like we chose like a space station or something as the. Yeah, I think it was like a like a prison or either a mine installation or, or like world or something. I don't. Something we were like we were on that. a big prison installation. It was yeah. either in space or on a planet, but it, either way, you know, it was just a big prison basically. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting two things mixed up in my head now. I don't know. I don't know what this character was actually from, but I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um was it, it was just me though, right? Yeah, it was just I you. It was, yep. Yeah. And there were a couple of times where like uh like I said I'm, that you I'm almost positive. I think it has to be Uncharted Worlds because I remember I was so excited to take the the move that lets you just do a crazy thing and either it goes terribly wrong or amazingly right. Okay, Whatever that yeah. move is that in Uncharted Worlds, do you know what I'm familiar. talking about? I think so. Yeah. I um, I remember being really excited to do that move. Yeah, and I remember your character did some crazy. Like I think you jumped through the uh, the windshield of a helicopter or something while it was flying. Uh, yeah, and I I think right. there were yeah like I said there were a couple times I think maybe she was on the helicopter and you just like let it go down. I can't remember specifically, but I remember there were a few times where I was like, wow, that is not a if I had just assumed if I just imagined a Caleb character, that's not what yep. I would have expected. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. And I think the other one, obviously the one I've interacted with the most, was actual Caleb in uh yeah, in Orphans, Orphans of the right? Dream. Yeah. That was the, the one that you I mean, also probably the one you played the longest, I assume. Yeah, that is that uh, is to this date the longest running player character I've ever had. Is yeah. A, an alternate version of me in a right, post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still Which one of my favorite similar. characters, too. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that kind of bridged the gap between them, right? Where like obviously there were still elements of you because it was supposed to be you, but a lot of the elements that weren't like you sort of did represent, like you said, just like making decisions, yep. trying to do hard decisions, stuff like that. Yep. Um, yeah, basically, I, I think my initial conceit for that character was it was me if my life had been nothing but tragedy and heartbreak. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like what right. I imagined myself as because uh, I, I think like, it, you know, you're, you're, you're a teenager. You kind of go through the, the kind of angsty, morbid the, the edge, stage yeah. mm-hmm. where, where you're for me, it was basically like. Oh man, thinking about like, what if I get married someday and my wife dies and I have to yeah. raise a child by myself? Like, I that was the sort of thing I thought about it. Uh-huh. I thought about a lot. Um, and that was what Caleb yeah. and Orphans of the American Dream was. So recently, I told somebody about this game, and I was like, "Yeah, so we were ourselves, but we got changed." So, so I was like, "You know, I, I mean, I'm a decent shot. But I don't get a chance to shoot that much." And uh, and I was so I was like a really good shot, and I knew parkour. And he laughed for like forty seconds. He's like, "That is such like a fourteen year old." like edgy and i was like yeah you know you're yep. right it is yeah yep. it's fair i mean i still wish i, I mean let's let's be real fun. jared but, 
in that game was literally a, like a samurai. So of uh, yeah, course I mean, that's well, what it was. It was more, he was, he became more samurai as it went on. He started out kind of like, just like a riot cop almost. Yeah. He, he was just like a stand in front of bullets with a shield. Well, no, cause that's and the it, thing. That's, that was second season of orphans. The first thing he had a katana. That was his. Oh, you're right. It was day. the other way around. He switched mm-hmm. to the shield. It's the other way around. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So um, he was yeah. like a mercenary with a katana, like a lone ranger mm. sort of person who walks into town. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember he he cut a bullet in half in the first season. And then we spent this like first half of the second season talking about how he'd never do that again. And I'm pretty yep. sure he did. Um, well, but, there came a moment at the very end of the campaign right. That's where was. he yeah, was going to do it. And then Connor forgot to give him the opportunity to. So. Oh, no. That's what it was. Didn't he like take yep. a whole stunt for it? And then he just yep. didn't use yep. it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really funny thing to think about, though, is like how our characters have changed too. Uh, from yeah, true. Because because like I mean, I think you know Caleb and David and Jared from Orphans of the American Dream are still mm. very clearly our character archetypes. Oh yeah, but right. they've been refined quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. The even like because because there's such a large amount of time between those seasons, I think they changed a little bit even even mm. between them, like. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that my character changed that much, but basically his his sort of mindset changed from like, I have a goal that I have to complete and not kill anybody in the way. It's just basically like I have nothing and I'm just the only one who's dangerous enough to stay alive. So I'm just going to kill people to get in my way. And like, yeah. I guess and, and like the nuclear bombs thing was like, I'm going to, you know, try and solve this because I don't, you know, these people are really all I've got. And I guess that was the main thing. He just wanted to keep the rest of the people alive. He's like, what else yeah. am I here for? Um, yep. and yeah, so that, and, but I guess to be fair, there was still a lot of difference there because, um, Connor brought in, um, well, I guess we're, we're, now I'm talking about my character. Uh, so no, that's fine. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, Connor brought in the, um, was it Elizabeth? Was that her name? Liz, I think the little girl. Yeah, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's a trope I've seen a lot in my character. Mm, uh, yeah. I don't want to pivot too true. hard on, onto mine. So let's, do you have anything else? Yeah, you yeah, want yeah. To touch so on? one thing, yeah, one thing I wanted to t- touch on is technically the actual first character that you saw me play uh, okay. was Callistus. Was coins from our Mistborn game. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I know and his his big thing was thing, protecting women, thing, right? Yeah. The thing yeah. with coins is that he's actually it's it's really interesting to see. I coins is a character who is very much more similar to the characters I play now than he mm-hmm. is to the characters I played for most of my interim doing player characters yeah. i've kind of come back around there's been a whole arc here <laughs> circle, where i've come yeah. back around to the same sort of character so i mm-hmm. started with coins playing basically yeah, yeah what so in in what i do now too like i i've kind of backed off a little bit from the edginess of the characters that i wanted to play yeah. and being so because like uh you know characters like um uh, like Caleb in, in orphans of the american dream uh first season Caleb was still a little bit like honestly Caleb is probably a good intermediate between the two sides yeah, I'm talking about here. But there's, there's a side of me that likes to play characters that where it's like, it's if I had to, if I'm boiling it down even further, right. Mm-hmm. The character I play is the character who makes hard decisions, right? right? Um, Not even just like dramatic, you know, shoot a person in the face decisions, just hard decisions yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the two spec sides of that spectrum are the super edgy loner character who maybe does have a heart of gold, maybe doesn't, but like will constantly go for the most extreme action because they think it's the, yeah, it's the right, thing they yeah. should do. And then we have the other side of the spectrum, which is like coins and the characters I would think of playing now, which are basically like 
they're they're they have they're idealists. They're idealists, mm, right? right? Yeah. So they have they an ideal, but they will, decisions, basically. they create their own hard decisions <laughs> yeah. because they're unwilling to back down from the ideals right. that they are up, upholding. Yeah. Those are the two sides of the characters I play. Either I play the like kind of edgy anti-hero who yeah. is already kind of struggling with a fall from grace, or I play the idealistic mm-hmm. character who could fall from grace and sometimes does, sometimes doesn't, depending on how the campaign goes. But right, Coins yeah. is really much, was very much kind of like more on the ideal, idealistic side. Um, mm-hmm. He was a he was a good person. Um, he he and yeah. Jared's character got into a lot of trouble together. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And yeah, there was true. like, yeah, he was he was kind of like a womanizer and stuff. But at yeah. the end of the day, he was the sort of character who was like, um, you know, uh, this is what I care about. And if I have to make a hard decision, it's because... I, this ideal is my belief is getting in the way of the thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Of my instinct or whatever, you know, sort of yeah. thing. Um, well, I think even so, coins, yeah. his, his thing was like that. He'd always protect women no matter what or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think so, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so coins was the kind of, per, I think the first character that you probably yeah, had. I think so. I'd heard, saw that, me play yeah. at least in the longer term thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, which I guess I gotta add a list. I gotta add a character friends. And I guess there was also the um there was the Alloy of Law one, which I didn't really yeah. get to part- I mean, there was one I did get to participate in a you know, for we did two versions of that, did. yeah. And then the one that I wasn't in at all, um, which I guess you had a character in because Connor DM'd both of those. Yep. yep. Um but I obviously I can't speak too much to those because I, I didn't see a lot of it. But yeah, um yeah. But yeah, so in terms of like character archetypes I play. Um, I, idealists, people who make hard decisions either because they have an ideal or because mm-hmm. they're, they have, I guess it's really because they have an ideal no matter what, either whether or not the ideal is a good thing or like a self-preservation thing, right? Yeah. right? Whatever their ideal is. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I was thinking as we started talking about, um, Xanatos, for example, mm-hmm. who, if we managed to get there in the <laughs> connected universe, right? Yeah. We're planning on playing a campaign where, I would play a character alongside all of you guys mm-hmm. and we'd kind of write the story as we go of like the main story of all the, the kind of Hellbreaker world hopper characters. And I was right. thinking of like, okay, where does Xanatos fall in this spectrum? And he's on the idealistic side, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As he would be. Um, but I was, yeah. I was trying to think for a second when we were just talking about like, I'm, I, I play the character who does the crazy hard thing. Yeah. And I was like, where is Xanatos? I was like, oh yeah, yeah. there's actually two sides to this coin. And um, I think Xanatos will be the ultimate idealistic side of that yeah Makes whereas sense. someone like someone like caleb is kind of in the middle like he had ideals who that and that was one of the reasons he made the decisions he did mm-hmm. um but like yeah a lot of the like kind of edgy sundere characters that i played for um for a lot of the one shots and things that you gm'd mm-hmm. uh th- that's the other side like I'm, I'm thinking of like the swords master in that bonds game we played with mm-hmm. jason and uh andrew um mm-hmm. a little while ago from the discord uh, and he was just the epitome of the loner, kind of grungy, gruff character who would yes. make the hard decision. Yep. Um, well, and if this is a psychoanalyzing episode, now we have to figure out why you play this character, which I think is a pretty easy call because you you like the story to move forward. You kind of said it already. Yeah. And you want to have dramatic things happen. In the hard story. decisions so. are my favorite things in any in stories, just generally. Right. right? Yeah. Is having to choose between two hard things and um, sacrificing because of the choice you have to make. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the stuff I love from characters in stories. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like we're talking about Brandon Sanderson or, uh, whatever else. Right. Um, the character who does something 
that in the long run you realize was un- unavoidable. Like this was obviously the character choice they were going to make, right. but in the moment seems so surprising yeah. and dramatic and story changing. Right. Cause at the um, time you don't have all the information or whatever. Yep, or yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like I'm the, I'm the sort of player character because of that um, preference who yeah. like there's one D and D one shot we did with um, some of the blimey cow people back in the day. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I went to BlimeyCon, the like little conference thing that they they did, mm-hmm. and we did a one shot there. And I managed to convince half the party to turn evil with me. Um, uh, by the end of the <laughs> game, I just revealed like I'm actually an evil assassin. I was playing, I was literally playing like a tiefling woman named Blackberry, I think. Um, <laughs> nice. There you go. So I was like super. I was like super on the like I'm a sweet innocent person oh, right. side yeah. and then like hard left turn at the very end became an evil assassin and got half of the party to turn against the other half of the party and we murdered each other at the end oh of the my game. goodness <laughs> ah that's amazing but it was a one did shot you... so it's like you know whatever yeah, yeah. did you win did you win that fight i think so nice there you go i don't remember it's been a while yeah i'd have to ask seth would probably remember seth leia remember um yeah, so that yeah, those are the sorts of things that I do as, as characters, and we we could talk about other characters sure. more specifically. But let's let's uh, go over to you then, David, and talk about maybe like origins of archetypes and stuff like that, like we do with mine. Yeah, it's funny that you're. I mean, I I think it's not surprising, but it's funny that your impetus is at a base level around uh, what you want to see from the narrative, because yeah. I usually am like, do I want? I'm usually just like, okay, what, what part of the game do I enjoy in this? It's like my, I have a much more mechanical approach where I'm like, is this cool or fun in the mechanics? And I usually just fall on, do I want to be able to fight better than anybody else or talk better than anybody else? Um, and still hopefully fight a little bit. Uh, and usually whether or not that sounds good to me is totally based on how the rules represent those. Um, because I think, and the, the, this is also why um, I always make characters who are really good at one thing, typically, is because I always want to have an area, like a fallback, like something I can do where I'm like, I should succeed at this if what I'm trying to do that I should be doing instead doesn't work. Um, and I, uh, you know, obviously Dellen, big example of that. Um, you know, Caspian was like all money, basically. Um, which was a, a deviation from how I normally, obviously, normally just said that. I guess he was pretty social as well. But both Caspian and um, Cash were all money. They were very similar. Yeah, they were basically just the rich, like oil baron kind of guy. Um, and the, yeah, there again, I was just using like. I mean, I guess that's just kind of the extension of social powers if you also have actual power. Uh, uh, but yeah, usually, like if a game has a really fun um you know way of exerting social control or way of, you know a co- specific combat thing that sounds cool that's usually how i decide um but i'm usually looking for the ability to press in one of those ways and succeed in case nothing else goes right um i think most of my characters are like ode was super good at shooting down's really good at swords i mean i think shush was probably the most extreme example because yeah. he was brain dead literally and just a troll yeah the max that you could have as a troll with an increased max of like physical strength yep um and he was he, he's some of the most fun i've had playing a character uh because 
I mean, I feel like everyone enjoys playing a dumb character now and then just because you could mm-hmm. be silly. But that was pretty great. Uh, yep. and yeah, I feel like pretty much most of the characters, they tend to be, how hard can I min-max this specific thing? Um, yep. Which I think might be just me being like, this you know, game is partially a puzzle. I want to see how far I can push the thing that I'm interested in in this game. Yep, yep. Um, and you and Jared yeah. kind of have two sides of the same coin there in a lot of ways because yeah. you go for the more like min-max in a power gamer sense, mm-hmm. um, Jared goes for the min max in the, what is the reward system of this game? How can I maximize the amount <laughs> yeah. of fate points or whatever I'm getting? Right. Um, or, yeah. or like a weird combo that I want to be able to pull off. Yeah. Um, Something bizarre. Yeah. 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 But you're just like, I want to be so good at shooting that I can shoot through time or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, I basically, I pick a thing and I go hard on it. And I think he looks at the stuff and tries to just find the wackiest combination that is as good as it can be. And so because of that, his is much more out of left field. Cause he was just, just looking at what was available and just was like, yes, these are silly together and they shouldn't work. They do. Uh, and yeah, so you're right. But it is a testament to how good you are at role-playing games, though, that you consistently make characters like that, and they're all still very interesting, right? Well, thank Cause, you. Because the, the, the obvious thing that could happen there is like, you're just like, I'm so good at shooting that I solve all of my problems with shooting and never yeah. do anything else, right. and that is no fun for anybody else. But even like a yeah. character like Ode, there was constantly things that Ode was not good at that mm-hmm. because of the character you had made, you were like, I'm going to be a character who's super good at shooting, but also doesn't want to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, right? that was fun. That was a fun deviation <laughs> yeah. because yeah, I couldn't solve all my problems. Even though you were very generous on um, what I could do without killing people. Like, cause you know, my gun was not any weaker for being non-lethal, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, that's another fun thing I like about sort of min-maxing is that by definition, there's also a minimum. You know, you've maxed, but that means you have a min. And that means yep. that typically, because you know, not only do I enjoy succeeding at a thing that I'm good at, but I also enjoy having something that I'm hopelessly bad at because it means that no matter what, there's going to be situations my character just can't solve properly. Yeah. And that's fun. Um, like, you know, pretty much any situation with Dylan and a woman of which there were many where he failed mm-hmm. everything all the time, constantly, um, which was great he would, because he had you would nothing. set yourself up for that too, yeah. because you literally gave your character a relation, a forbidden romantic relationship <laughs> yeah, when you right. could have made Dylan's life could have been so much simpler. Yeah. If he, right. Well, <laughs> that's one of, that's one of the beauties of um, the, character the resource spending on burning wheels it's like the cheapest thing and the last thing you look at are these like one and two point relationships that you'd might as well take because they get you earth and you have two points you can't spend on anything else except shoes uh so sure i guess you'll have a forbidden hateful (laughs) relationship because it's the only thing you can afford (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. and that's how jared ended up uh with alphonse i think Mm -hmm. um yep he literally uh, had one point left and (laughs) you're like i guess you gotta check all these boxes one of which is romantic and the other which is familial that's awkward mm-hmm. um and i think hateful is the other one uh and so yeah, here we are fun. with a three-year-old messiah yeah, yeah. incestuous a... uh child and Good stuff. yeah yep. we gotta get jared on this show like, so alphonse yeah let's like analyze alphonse what were you here. thinking uh, <laughs> yeah. although he told us once that he literally just did that because he wanted to think of what would make my character the most mad uh, which I think <laughs> well, yeah, well he also told strikes. me like he was also uh, like I, the the prompt that I gave all of you was uh, hey, you're all going to be criminals, yeah, right? right? Like, be as had to be evil and dastardly as you want to be because, like, the whole conceit is yeah. you're bad people who are then going to be pushed into this meat grinder and you have to do stuff for the church, right? Which so he, I, 
I think says something about us because none of us played bad people really. We all had like no. a legitimate reason for what we were doing, which I mean, okay, no. most people do. Right? No. They, most people don't commit crimes for no reason. But um, like none of us played like particularly bad people. Um, I don't know. I guess Dylan murders a lot of people. He's he's not a great guy. I don't. Yeah, I think very, very. I don't think any of the characters were actually good people except for Sergio. And then we made him into yeah. a bad person. So, uh, yeah, and they all like had people, but they, they all like, had excuses. But yeah. none of their excuses were very good. That's true. Yeah. So they were all human. Um, like, that's why they had yeah. like they weren't yeah. mass murderous like, sociopaths who had yeah. no reason for doing anything. They right. all had ex- extremely human reasons for why they did what they yeah. did. But they that's were true. still bad people because the reasons yeah. didn't count. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to say also this this yeah. min max thing is also yeah. the reason why Dalis, the original Dalis character was such a tragedy is because huh. the max you decided to max uh, ended up being mechanically useless, useless. Yeah. mechanically useless um, maybe maybe this is where it's stemmed from maybe i never want to return to dayless where i can't kill things uh, yep. <laughs> it's, it's trauma psychological trauma yep. yep no um yeah he was much more fun for the one session that he was a fighter that worked much better mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. he was better at literally everything except for i think his diplomacy instead of being plus 30 was like plus 20 big whoop um yep. yeah <laughs> which was frustrating because i was like i've just done this mm-hmm. the whole time Yep. Oh, Not that happens when you're 15 and you make it. Yeah. Well, it's what happens D&D with 3.5. It's like, here's a swashbuckler class. It's fundamentally useless in the system we created. Yep. Uh, have fun. Cool. Yep. That, that's the fun thing about 3.5 uh, is that yeah. there are so many options and a lot of them look really fun, but some of them are just fundamentally broken and mm-hmm. do not work. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, I feel like there was a point we were on for that with that. I lost it. Um, but I mean, I suppose... we're talking about like why you make min, you know, min max characters. Uh, but I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think I was, I was giving you a compliment about like how you, oh, you still find a yeah. way to not make the min max characters. Your, your, oh, your yeah. min is very specifically a thing that's going to be story relevant mm-hmm. and yeah. like make, push the narrative forward in an interesting way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. And I think it, it helps me because I do tend to, to settle into the, like, I got to win the game mindset and so it helps to have a way that i can't win because then i can't so it doesn't like i have to have interesting thing happen because yep. my tendency is to be like cool how do i succeed not how do i make this interesting which is a thing i have to fight but it's like i kind of have situations that have to be interesting because i can't just do my thing um, or i'll try and do my thing and that inherently makes it bad because murdering people is usually the wrong answer mm-hmm. um and well, murdering uh, people is always the wrong answer. Killing well, someone might oh, not yeah. be fair. I mean, I guess <laughs> that's a good call. Yeah. Um, and I guess we could we could pivot back to what I was saying earlier, where mm-hmm. somehow my character is always assigned a junior. Like, ah, yes, yes, like an apprentice. Because yep. uh, what was I know? S. Uh, well, what was his name? S- no, Erastus. No, Erastus. Yeah, Erastus had um, I don't know, left wing. Left wing. That's what it was. Uh, who I'm pretty sure died. Right. Yep. Yeah, he died. Um, and the, 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 then, and then there's um, Ziva with Ode. Ziva. Both and of which Liz. I said I would not train. Then I was like, I'm going to show you why I'm not going to train you and take you yep. on. I'm going to. Yep. You have to try and hit me. And they crit me. Both of them crit me. Both of them. Yep. I don't know how this is a thing. That's this has happened three times. Two of the times they convinced me because they crit me, and it's honestly, I mind blowing. Um, I think that might have happened. Sort of. No, Liz just 
had like 600 billion dice in stealth and couldn't not I, I couldn't get her to go away because she was invisible she was actually good at what she was doing uh, yeah yeah she just wasn't good at fighting she just didn't have to fight because mm-hmm. she was like the sneakiest person in the universe um yep. to the point where i don't think connor ever even rolled he was just like she's there and i'm like what? Yep. What? <laughs> what do you mean how how is that even possible um yeah i know it it also happened to, to david in in uh orphans i think those are the three that come immediately to mind uh i know um, no, i'm curious if there's any others that i can think of i mean so i think uh in that one shot we did with connor uh master the like elf sword master i think connor played like his protege um sort of he was, like, i don't know if it was exactly the same relationship but yeah you were definitely the more competent yeah. member of that it, group it sure. wasn't the same relationship especially because he was also a pc but it yeah. i think it was narratively similar uh he was at least like coming along with me um mm-hmm. but i think mostly that was just my character's um uh, ego uh yeah i'm trying to, i don't know if there actually is another character that you have this same thing with but it happened three times which means that it is a pattern and so. yeah it was very yeah definitely um another very very common pattern is uh, me being in a, a love triangle which i don't yep yep um so much so David i remember Tarrant. i paid a bunch of money to be able to do a one shot with adam coble and oh yeah i was the only character that got flirted with in that like That's amazing two hour session of which yeah. i had like two two things that i did one of which was be flirted with amazing. by like a barkeep lady so i don't know what it is i don't in most of the games i don't try some of them i do like caspian where i was like you know what i always get derailed i'm just he's gonna start with a huge hair <laughs> i'm just gonna kill this thing by it's just max level no more worried yep, about yep. it um which uh i think he ended up being semi-murdered by one of them which is appropriate yep. crippled by your harem yep. yeah yep. um but i don't know how that always happens <laughs> uh yeah i mean that, that I mean, maybe is, that's yeah that sort of yeah. stuff is super that's the, one of the most interesting things to me about this kind of conversation is kind of like the popular mythology that that mm-hmm. ends up growing around these yeah, things the because we played so many characters yeah. and have seen these patterns emerge uh, i was talking to david before we started i can watch any show and just be like ah that's the character david would play in in if this yeah. was a show like for example we just watched carly and i just finished watching spy x family um okay. and yeah. david so, so the conceit of the whole thing for those who maybe haven't seen it is there's a spy who has to go on a secret mission and like he has to like basically ma- get married and have and get a kid so that he can like pretend to be a family yeah. and establish and his identity yeah. establishes identity and all this stuff there's a whole big long process that has to happen here okay. but he ends up um adopting a telepath and marrying an assassin without realizing that either of them are those things. And so oh, it's, man, it's basically like yeah. the, the spy and the assassin keeping their lives secret from each other. And the telepath right. little girl knowing what every, everything's going yeah. on because she keeps hearing everybody's thoughts and thinking That's how funny. cool it is the whole time. She's just like, my parents are the best. <laughs> That's cool. Um, I, I need to watch that. You, you would love it, I think, David. Um, but you are the spy in that, in that show mm-hmm. because... The, the interaction between the little girl and the spy is very much the like apprentice archetype for sure. Right. Oh, As yeah, we were just discussing. Yeah. And sure. um, I think Connor would play the little girl because he plays a lot of little girl characters. Like, like, like kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, kids that way, have like a weird. All right. <laughs> like he, he likes to play like um kind of slightly creepy, maybe a he weird like powers kids. Things. Like Stranger Things sort yeah. of vibe. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where, where like the it's like a little girl who has like a magical power and is misunderstood that sort of thing right um, yeah 
which perfectly fits into that slot. And then yeah. Jared likes to play incredibly deadly characters yeah. who uh maybe have weird sexual things or or sexual innuendo yeah. or Just romantic he can't help with being being that way as a person jokingly and so and that's why jared yeah. jared is the assassin wife yep. in the, tri- in the I, trio I, I can believe that yeah the tracks yeah yeah um, um i we we could yeah. probably switch it because um the, the assassin wife is similar to characters that connor's played to like evelyn mm-hmm. leidner right who is like yeah. incredibly deadly woman who actually just wants to be a housewife <laughs> right that's true yeah but i don't know that he's uh, the jared has played a lot of characters that are like but i mean he plays a lot of weird characters i i would see him being exactly. able to play a character like a telepathic little girl but i, I don't know that he has really necessarily mm-hmm. whereas no, connor has, has i don't think he's ever played a well, I guess there's oh, oh Alpha or um not Alphans, uh Seek or gosh, Fergus. Fergus yes, technically true. fits this archetype. So I yeah. think he probably could play little girl, but the little girl is a little bit too innocent yeah. in the show. Well, here's the thing. I only remember Jared ever playing one female character, and she was just a man. Uh like she was just Are you talking about uh his like hermaphrodite character <laughs> playing that one time? What? That I don't remember. Um, I didn't know that was, was literally true. We were doing um, Apocalypse World one shot and he chose the ambiguous gender option. Oh. <laughs> and at the end of the session, we were like, well, there's two people left. I forgot about that. Oh, one I, got a male. I got a nightlight to this list. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, nightlight yeah. is a great character. All right. Um, it's awful, but uh, it's great. Um, Who are you talking I just, about? I think I just finished watching. Um, um, Gosh, what's it called? The, the the put a bunch of kids in an arena and they kill each other. Uh, Hunger Games. Thank you, Hunger Games. And F- Fennec was a character in that who like his whole costume was a golden like g string. And I was like, this is a one shot. I'm gonna play. <laughs> anyway, yep. um, but uh, oh yeah, Jared. Um, he played. It was it was the session that we or the the campaign we did in the world where like everything it was we used the creation the world creation game to, to generate it um, oh and yeah yeah he played like a, a warrior fake. woman mm-hmm. like hunt, monster hunter but yep. i literally kept forgetting that it was a woman because she didn't act like it in any way she was yep. so butch everything yep. she did was like aggressive man like testosterone Butting heads, and I was like, "This is not a female character, Jared." I apologize, no. but you're just playing a guy. Uh, and, uh, I, but I think yeah. it, I think that happened because I was like, I I think before we started, I challenged people to play characters that like they wouldn't normally yeah, play, right? And so, like, Which I played like a swordmaster. So I feel like I, you, I your character was pretty you. standard. Yeah, uh, for you. Uh, oh, there's Garwin. Oh, Garwin. Garwin is such a good example yeah. of this too, because he was really good at one thing, but because of the conceit of the campaign we were playing, he yeah. wasn't good enough at it. <laughs> yeah, because everyone else was better at everything than was he was. He was yeah. so out of his element. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I think so we were on the the love triangle thing as a yeah, as yeah. a typical thing for me. Which, yeah, I don't I don't really know how that happens. I think part of it is that. I, as a player, enjoy like in character dialogue. And so I feel like it's just easy to have that happen. And I, yeah. it's not, it doesn't make me feel weird. They so just I go just... naturally into like a, yeah, kind of like romantic yeah. tension or whatever. I, I think it really did like, uh, Dalis had a romantic relationship 
Yep. Um, the captain woman mm-hmm. uh, that was like piloting the Sea Wyvern. Uh, yeah. it, it was like very toned down because I don't think any of us were comfortable that much with role playing at that <laughs> yeah, point. Right, right, but yeah. like it just became like a thing where it was like, yeah, you guys are together mm-hmm. and we didn't really talk about right. it much. Um, yeah. But uh, I think it really did start with that fate campaign we were just talking about where you were playing a sword guy. Uh, you were playing yeah. a Krova knight, yeah. right? So it was like a magic sword guy. He had magic right. and he had sword. And yeah. there was it was uh, Jared's apprentice actually, mm-hmm. uh, Jared's yeah. monster hunter apprentice. Uh, you you like started flirting at a bar. Yeah. I they, decided things got he was too gonna, out of hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I decided Go he ahead. was going to be kind of like a you know like a flirtatious Womanizer. guy, like a you know a love him leave him kind of guy. And but I'm not that way. So he sleeps with one random lady. Although I did make the mistake of picking someone who was coming with us. Uh, yeah. So that was that was just the character being dumb. Um, well, me being dumb for the character. But uh, yeah, so then he was like, oh, I, I guess I am like committed to this person. I now. guess we're vo- yeah in a relationship now because but I, I think that was really probably, Yeah. I mean, I know Syrian. I don't remember if the um, Mistborn game was before or after that, but Miss, he was supposed to be kind of like a woman. He was social. So he was supposed to be kind of like that. I don't know I that he ever really was yeah. successfully that way, though. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember that well enough to know, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's happened. Garwin, this is this is another thing. Garwin was supposed to be that way. He slept with a uh, random yeah. barmaid, ended up marrying her. Um, I am not that's capable true. of playing. This is why I I made um, Caspian do all the hard work for me, hmm. uh, because I apparently am incapable of making a character who's. And I think this is part of the reason I have so many characters who have done it. Because I'm like, last time I tried to play a woman as a character, I failed very badly. I'm going to try again, and I was never successful. So I was like, I'm just going to play a character who's already you know, successful many times, which is a good thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't take it. A, when I say I fail, I mean I, I I didn't accomplish what I set out to do. Not that it was really a bad thing. Um, yeah, it, I don't feel bad about it, but it's, apparently I can't do it. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm sure there are other characters like that. Um, I'm trying to think yeah, of a character it, that you have played that didn't have some sort of weird romantic. Well, well, tension. yeah, I guess because. Well, Shush. I don't know. If well, there no, was. there were lots of jokes about Shush, but he technically I, yeah. didn't. Uh, there, there was a, definitely jokes about Shush yeah. too. Uh, yeah, yeah, which for context, uh, Shush was a troll raised by my wife's character, and so we were, and we were married at the time, so there were lots of off-color jokes about that. Um, <laughs> despite in the setting, the actual thing, nothing happened. Um, okay good good that we finally well, I, I i don't think i was ever sure <laughs> no yeah, yeah well she she like raised him it would have been weird if that was like uh, actually yeah, a right. thing so um I, david in in um wow in orphans orphans ever have anything and i i actually well, was you, ex- you started off though with like your wife as yeah, a character right. in the game right so, but she so was that off was, screen Right, but but what I'm saying is like that still counts as like technically there like a character had a, like a romance in this the game at true, some yeah. in somewhere. Right. I, I'm having trouble thinking of a single character you played at least for long enough that it, like yeah, it did Arasis come up. Have a, I don't um, think he did. I don't think he was sort of like around long. You enough know, for that. I think you're correct. I don't think Erastus did. I think Erastus um, might might be one of the also my middle school ping pong high school uh, or like yeah, that's fair. player girl. But yeah, that that would have been illegal. So. That would have been weird. <laughs> um, I was gonna say weird, but then I was like, no, worse than that. Uh, I don't think Beirut or Iskander had anything really. That's true. That's uh, true. But you know, we, I don't know where they got into their personal. Lives I don't too. know if we had a whole lot of romance at all in that. No, game. I mean, I think it was it's so high level that it was kind of hard to get yeah. into that sort of thing. I think, and because they could have yeah. been both been married, I don't know. They didn't really come up. Yeah. Um. Obviously, the not Gallivant guy. Uh, we did a uh, one session, just me and Connor. 
that mm-hmm. was where we just played the characters from like two of the characters from Galadon. But his whole yeah. thing was supposed to be that. Um, Cash didn't. He was a weird alien. Yeah, yeah true, true. Uh, so there, yeah, there was a few. Let's say majority uh, of your characters. Uh, yes, vast majority. Romantic tension. But, but I think you're right. Like it probably comes from just you being very comfortable with role playing, and it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, this would be this is a natural part of human existence. Let's yeah, yeah. my character would probably be interested in someone. Yeah. Which also leads into like a thing I've seen in myself, which is I tried to tone it down because I, I worry that I am like like hogging the spotlight too much. But I as a player tend to feel like like if, if someone's if a character says something to the group and someone doesn't immediately respond, I'm like, well, I have a response. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to just sit here and have no, I'll say something. So even if I play a character who's not social, um I tend like to Ellen. talk. Yeah, like Dallin. Or like I was I've been playing a game with Lance and Rachel very uh, occasionally we, they, they they're into D and D. So we were like, Oh, we should try that. And, you know, play with Ruth. Um, and my character is literally a slime, um, a slime person. And I do most of our talking just because someone will say something. And I'm like, uh, no one else is going to say something. To that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and my character has awful charisma. He doesn't understand people because he's a slime uh, and he still does all the talking. And it's, it's because of my own, I guess, not wanting there to be dead air. I don't know. Um, so we don't even record those. So I don't know why it matters, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, and I worry about that because other people need to talk, but I'm like, it's just so hard for me to fight the instincts of like, especially if I'm like a, like Dylan was kind of like the, the leader of our group for a while, despite having awful social skills. Um, and so I often would say stuff. Um, and then we just let Alphonse do it if he wanted to actually succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I, I've tried to get better about that, and I feel like I haven't made a lot of progress, but... Yeah, you're um, fine. I I think a lot of it does have to do with... um, Sometimes there's just, like... If we're playing with someone who... Like, right now, Connor has a difficult situation where he's, like... His wife is really sick right now, and so he's, like... Mm -hmm. Even during our sessions, he has to, like, help out with with his his kid and all that stuff. So a lot of times he'll be, like, I have to leave the room for a second. Someone else Mm -hmm. talk. And David's, like, oh, sounds good. I can do that. Um, And then then there's just, like, people who aren't as comfortable with role-playing. And there's there's a... There's some of that that's just totally fine where like it's it's good to keep the things moving and make yeah. sure that people aren't just sitting there staring at each other. Um, but yeah. But you also want to make sure, especially for people who aren't comfortable, yeah. there's like a fine line where it's like you need to help them be comfortable enough yeah. that they do it and not just keep them from doing it. Um, and I mean, part of that is if you feel comfortable, it'll help them open up. But then you have to give them a chance too. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, I don't know. I think mm-hmm. that's probably most of the, the main. Mm-hmm through lines i think that i've seen with a lot of my characters the last um, thing i was going to say about you you being talkative is that's why um but tonight we dance our one-on-one burning wheel yeah, campaign right. was probably so intense is because like <laughs> and, and, of... and so possible is like david and i could just go back and forth oh, forever. Yeah. Uh, it was good i mean i <laughs> was, was very good physically drained at the end of those despite having just been sitting in a chair the whole time but they were fun and yeah we didn't have dead time like it was good one at one point a uh, Alyssa and Josh Lang were talk- talking t- with me about this at one point. We were talking about We Below and how much mm-hmm. it's, how how fun it is to do Burning Wheel as like a fiction th- thing, um, okay. right? Where you're like, you're writing along and then you reach a 
decision point, you roll for the character, you earn your mm-hmm. Artha, and then you keep going. So, yeah. Like it's it's so fun. It's very easy to literally just write a story that way because yeah, you're yeah. Real so character focused. Yeah. Um. Sure. And uh, Alyssa and Josh were talking to me about that, and both of them were in, showed interest in doing at, at some point like a one on one thing or a you know two on one thing where we just yeah. wrote a novel that way. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Did you and I would that would also be amazing to do with you, David. I oh, that's yeah. probably I bucket that. list bucket list items like very high up on there yeah. is to do a one-on-one burning wheel campaign where we just make a novel out of it thing, um yeah. i think that'd that would be, be amazing yeah i'd love that that'd be that'd be dope um yeah anyway. uh but yeah so I, I guess we can pivot back over to me um sure, yeah. and sure. knock off anything we're we're missing um i think uh let's see I, I, let's let's see if we can go through characters that i play that I, i'm yeah. not thinking of so um Coins, I think we've pretty thoroughly gone through. Um, I mean, he was basically just, I main my main in, uh, inspiration for that is I just really wanted to be a coin shot. A coin shot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I just wanted to name. be a coin shot. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Caleb, the orphans char- character that I played. Um, I guess another aspect is I you know going with the hard decisions thing for Caleb. The flavor there was having like a bunch of ptsd and like traumatic stuff right. in his past yeah um so i just had like trigger responses to things and like would make terrible decisions because i'd be like so yeah. i'm in danger i'm just gonna murder everyone right now and i'm gonna right. regret it terribly later yeah. um that sort of stuff is interesting interesting to me mainly because yeah i just like i like playing characters or watching at the very least pushing other characters to be like this right to mm-hmm. have to make hard decisions deal with the consequences regret their actions uh choose to either be better or de- like yeah. uh spiral or into madness uh, <laughs> right yeah you know so that's that's really fun for me to do um i i really do like the extremes of character motivations and stuff um mm-hmm. let's see like Riva, for example, my Hellbreaker character, mm. uh, she was an idealist who yep, uh, <laughs> broke down and joined demonic forces because she, her whole thing, like the like the first session I played with her, like I did like a solo session. Yeah. Her whole thing was like imposter syndrome where oh, she yeah. went through this whole thing. She was trying to convince the guy who was like previously in charge of the group that she was a part of to come back and lead the group. And the guy was like, I can't come back. You do it. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And then she tried to like unlock the magic leadership powers of the cloak that she had gotten and she couldn't do it. And so she was like, okay, I'm just going to pretend I can. (laughs) And like the whole time she was just pretend like she had to fake it until she made it. And she got so obsessed with that aspect of it that as soon as like demon power came along, she was like, I have to be able to do this. I must like this can actually make me like i don't have to fake it anymore like this i actually have, have power yeah. yeah right yeah so those and those are the sorts of characters i like play as, playing as npcs too right mm-hmm. um uh betrayals and um like characters who have to like choose and and make the wrong choice mm-hmm. um i really like pushing other people to be those uh, to, to make those yeah. characters I, yeah. I have to say still one of my most like shining moments as a GM was pushing Trevor Sigmund to 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 make Sergio into a murderer mm. yeah yeah uh, it was it it was a five hour one-on-one Bernie wheel session jeez oh, wow. and it started with like Sergio like throughout that whole season it was like me constantly pushing Sergio to like have to 
like take over the church uh because it was going to fall apart without him and the whole time he was like i don't want to do that i don't need power like no 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 someone else do this and then by the end of it it was literally him with a with a bloody knife having murdered the heading head of the inquisition forced his brother to step down be like and then forced all the bishops to make him the like high priest ah so satisfying because that would be the sort of character i would want to write in like a story right it's like that downward downward spiral into into madness um death under madness has been a, has been great for that too because there's been right. so many characters who have become evil npcs by the end of when i'm through with them yeah yeah that's awesome um but in terms of in terms of like rest of like player characters i'm trying to think if there's any i'm i'm missing here um i did play the mix between uh the like girls app like japanese spider spider girl character in spider verse mixed with iron oh. man at one point do you remember that character it was bonds yes we were, we were yeah testing bonds. superhero one yeah and she was that. like a cop, basically yeah so you were there was the other three like I think four setting. people were were like superheroes but that's not a good thing in this setting so that you were oh, basically right, yeah i was like the, the iron handler. man because yeah right right, right. so I, I was technically a quote-unquote superhero too but it was like yeah. i had just had like powerful technology that so made you me were a human that had a mech suit basically to help you can corral these superhumans who you know were basically i'm almost positive i thing. like shot or threatened to shoot multiple people oh uh, and you didn't you actually you fought at the end of that session i think didn't you i think so i think, I think you probably, shot missiles at somebody on our yeah. team I, I feel like that happened that or you threatened to and it almost happened but maybe i can't remember now but i'm pretty sure it went down yeah <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, Another good example of that is I played a one shot. Um, you remember Eric Vulgaris? Yes. Um. Yes, I do. <laughs> it took me a while. Yeah, to he he still does me, does streams. I I haven't caught him in a while, but okay. he does some some um he's done some burning wheel stuff in the past and and has done one shots and things has a Discord mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I I did a one shot. There's like a um like anyone can join sort of one shot night that he had going for a while. Oh, cool. And we, we were playing, um, another friend or, um, at least member of the community or whatever that he had, um, had, had written up a, a story game, um, called, um, something breakers. Uh, Oh, I can't remember. It was about being, um like scavengers of ships that break off the coast of wales or something like that um that's cool i can't remember the name of the game it was very very fun yeah but it was very simple um very like narrative oriented right and uh we basically played it was i was was a player and eric was a player and then we had another guy was a player and we were playing a family of shipbreak of uh whatever breakers it was called i literally there's like an actual term in right it was like either welsh or what other whatever oh, other nice. united king co- kingdom country it was from for this okay. sort of thing um i can't remember what it was, what it was but uh we are we are a family of those sorts of people who like go and scavenge from these ships that crap crash on the coast and uh there was a point during the game where so i we were me and eric were playing two sisters and then the other guy was playing a, our brother and um we like we're scavenging this stuff and we came across some of the sailors who were like still alive and we're like you know like st- trying to stop us from scavenging the stuff yeah yeah <clears throat> and uh, at one point I like grabbed a gun, shot him in the chest. And then when, uh, everyone turned to me to be like, what did you just do? I like 
like looked shocked, dropped it, yeah. and then like made some sort of story about like spirits controlling my body or something. Like, I don't know. I didn't do it. Like, yeah. like <laughs> something <laughs> took, overtook me. And, and like, that was, that's such a pit, like, a, um, an epitome of a moment for the sort of characters I play where like, I'm like, we need to keep this moving. Someone needs to die in this moment. I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm shooting <laughs> him in, this, in the chest. There you go. Um, nice. So I, I did yeah. a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess I was curious if you had any, um, it's probably as like a closing thing, any thoughts on how you build I mean, obviously NPCs is a different beast because you're building them for the players really in the world. But I'm curious if you have any, um, and maybe, maybe for like more prominent ones that are like setting up the, the story or like, especially, um, my, uh, my went immediately to the like counterparty for, uh, um, our group in Elysian road. Um, mm, yeah. Is there any, and that's probably what it is, right? It's like, it's, it's reactions to you guys probably. Right. Um, that makes sense. It's probably not the whole story of why I make the characters the way I do, but I definitely want to make characters that like specifically challenge your characters in particular Mm -hmm. ways or are foils to your characters in specific ways. Um, it would, yeah, it would definitely be, I'd I'd have to think a little bit about, um, like, especially like in the moment characters that I make, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you just meet a guy and I have to like instantly characterize him, right? Um, like what the process is for me going through that, um, you know, I'm sure there's all sorts of subconscious stuff happening yeah, behind the scenes. it's an instinct by now, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I think most of the time it's it's trying to provide, like, an interesting contrast. Um, it probably, you know, similar to the characters, the, the player characters I play, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm the I'm the sort of person, if we're playing, like, D&D, for example, who's always going to pick the, the class that no one else picked, right? Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for everybody else, and I'm like, I can do whatever. I just right. want to make someone who's going to contrast everybody in an interesting way i don't want to like step on anyone's toes yeah um so that's probably what i do for i try to do at least for npcs is find ways for them to foil or contrast um the players in interesting ways um i mean i definitely did this for Dellen just this season right like offering right with uh furio um right Mm -hmm. he's he's basically the 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 nega Dellen. (laughs) <laughs> um, but he had different, like, there was a bunch of conflict, conflicting stuff going on with him that was, if we had gotten further into his character before he just died, uh, yeah, we would have been able to to figure out, no, it's fine. We would have been able to figure out, um, like, what parts of him are not just Negadellen and are, mm-hmm. you know, actually a, an interesting character with stuff underneath it. Um, but that contrast and foil, I think, is definitely one of the most important jobs of GMing. Right. Is yeah. to not step on something, like, because, like, for example, if I had given... Um, and just to take Dellen as a the obvious example, since we're playing Chrome Inquisitors right now, if I had made like a holy knight in this season who did all the things that Dellen would could do, did them better than Dellen, and fit the exact same role as Dellen, right. that's not fun for anyone, right? Like no. we don't want that character to exist because that's Dellen. Right. Um, we we need and even a Vario, for example, right? Like um, who is probably the closest to being mm-hmm. Dellen in the setting. Uh, I specifically wanted to make him who Dellen is aspiring to be mm-hmm. um, because right. we know Dellen hasn't quite ro- reached that yet. Uh, mm-hmm. He still has this like, you know, uh, like um, temper and yeah. uh, so you got a short fuse. Yeah. Yeah. Short fuse, kind of like a, a, an edge to him that isn't like, like at the end of the day, he's going to be the one to make the, the, the not even just the hard decision, but the like, dangerously border, bordering on evil decision where <laughs> yeah. a Vario is the sort of person who would 
maybe Dellen would want to be Averio because Averio is the person who's going to find find the way to make his mm-hmm. ideals stay true, right? Yeah. Like to never compromise on those where Dellen has obviously done this multiple times now. He's compromised his ideals several times. Right. He's in a little bit of a religious crisis even now still trying to figure out what he's yeah. doing, right? right. <clears throat> um, yeah, so finding those areas and that's that's what I planned Averio to be is is like the person who you would want to be who anyone in the church right now should want to be, who is like the epitome for what we want the church of Saran to be. And Mm. we'll see whether or not we get there, uh, or if Averio is going to die a terrible death and be prophetic for what is to come. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say that I definitely do a lot of that, a lot Mm. of contrasting, um, especially with burning wheel. It's very easy to uh, not even just contrast someone's skills and abilities or role, but contrast their beliefs. Right. Just, just to give someone, to be an obstacle um mm-hmm. and uh yeah finding those those ways to make that contrast interesting yeah um, i think that's they're not that's, just a domino right and that's what i think a big difference between like a gmpc and like an actual good character is right yeah. where some gms would be like oh this is a cool character i want to make this and then it'll be you know that probably doesn't help but if you have a character who is I and mean, that's i think the um one of the things i always remembered from the burning wheel book was the be a fan of the players like yep you know um not rule but like uh agenda um and that your characters are there to make the story not not necessarily to make the other characters look good but to facilitate their story right yep um and so yeah that that makes a lot of sense Very cool. yeah because um I'm, I'm sh- uh there's something that you just said that was going to keep me on something like forgotten it um you're talking about uh oh uh and this is one of the things that burning wheel specifically um oh oh, i I remember what i was gonna say yeah it's it's definitely important not to make characters especially in burning wheel but in in any system that are just gmpcs um unless you're going about this in a specific way and you want that to be the case and everybody's okay with it and whatever right um but like, yeah, the PCs are the PCs, the NPCs are the NPCs. They're there for a reason. Yeah, they revolve around them, which is one of the things that's interesting about what we're doing right now is technically there are these like really powerful world hoppers wandering around. And every time I bring them, one of them into one of these stories, I have to be very careful yeah. what yeah. I allow them to do, because like we had a whole arc here with uh, Carly's character in Death and a Madness, where mm-hmm. I had Connor's world hopper character, Cytus, um, tagging along with her. Uh, teaching her stuff about like this prophecy book she had found and like what's going on in a larger cosmological sense. Mm -hmm. But there is multiple points where like, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, Carly's character in death and madness right now is, is a little bit tricky. She doesn't have a lot of her social power that she had when she was like a princess back in the city. And so we've been struggling a little bit with like making sure that she has things that she's good at that we can push for Mm -hmm. her to do. And when Cytus was around, there was multiple moments where like Carly and everyone else just turned to Cytus and like, you're better at this. You just do this next thing for us. Right. And so I had to, I had to very quickly get Cytus to a point where he could find something that's bigger that he needed to take care of and leave. (laughs) Gandalf. Uh, Yes, exactly. He had to Gandalf away. um, Because I didn't want it to become Cytus saves the day for everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, It's fun to have those characters who are way more powerful than your, pcs but you have to make sure they're not stealing the spotlight yeah they're not the main from character the PCs. now yeah. Yeah. yeah sure like one punch man 
One Punch Man <laughs> wouldn't have been good if it was a story about Genos because he just mm-hmm. gets his butt kicked the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to it's fun to take a look and see. And I mean, I think it's interesting to see how people build patterns and like the different way they approach mm-hmm. how they even make characters. Like, you know, the fact that I tend to look more at what rules are fun and go in that direction. You tend to try and facilitate a certain plot, like piece in the narrative, which is probably a better angle considering the, <laughs> the goal. Um, it, it has got but, me into trouble because I really do need to actually pay attention to the mechanics because, uh, which is why most of the days now, most of the time now these days, I just cheat. Um, I just, yeah. I make like for burning wheel, for example, I make the character according to the life pass. And then I just tack on a bunch of extra skill points because yeah, I'm which, like, uh, these people need to be better at this. I, <laughs> they, and I think they need to fill the role they need to fill, you know, challenge wise. So, right. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's, that's the point, you know, they're there again, they're there to yeah. facilitate the story. I think it's cool to look at sort of your own habits and stuff like that, because that also helps you branch out, right? Like if you never think mm-hmm. about why you play the same, the same kind of characters or, or, you know, what sort of your motivation is behind that, then it's, it's hard to change that. I think it's very easy for people to yeah. get into. A, I, I think I actually did go through a, like a conscious arc in, in my head where for a while there I was like, Oh yeah, let's just make everything super edgy and just all the hard decisions in like yeah. the grim dark sense. And we're just going to have people, you know, character characters that I play or characters that I make that are just going to like, be dark and dangerous and whatever but now i'm starting to yeah. come back around i'm like do i actually want like because at the end of the day that means that all the stories have to end with everyone dies and, and like those are fine like i like those yeah, sorts of right. stories too like tragedies and and, and mm-hmm. you know dark stories but uh i've started to come back around to more like i would like like you know for example like we below we below is there are a lot of people who are just nice people in Weep Below, as opposed to many yeah. of our other games. Uh, right. Like, you know, it's it's a bunch of like nice professors and nice students uh, who maybe have hidden motivations and whatever. Yeah. But like so far, no one has died. No one has even been stabbed in yeah. the Weep Below, as opposed to Chrome Inquisitors. Like day one, like everyone. Yeah, the first row was me trying to murder. Well, no, the first row I think was someone trying to break out of a cell. But like maybe the second row was me trying to murder Alphonse. Yeah, Jared's character. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to find like because I, you know, I, I the, the sort of characters that I make as NPCs do have a lot of weight uh, as to the tone of the game. Right. And especially if I see the players wanting to take the tone in a particular direction. What I don't want to do is try to okay. steer too hard towards like whatever grim dark thing I happen to be obsessed with at the moment. Like this is a thing that I did with Elysian Road too much. Um, mm-hmm. We started off with the concept, you know, pro gamers who uh, w- like learn to be space adventurers. Mm-hmm. And because we it, part of it had to do with the game we were playing. Stars Without Number is not the game we should have played for the concept that we came. We should have done Fate Accelerator. Yeah, Fate probably would work better for yeah. this, the tone of that. Yeah. But there like I think second episode, I had a person get chopped in half by a like a air air um airlock an airlock and like i remember josh vincent looking at me and being like why like what was the point of that and i was like thinking about it after the session and like you know in years to to come Mm -hmm. i was like yeah like i i do those sorts of things and have done those sorts of things because it's like oh dark dangerous oh but i'm like 
I, I wasn't paying attention to like what the story actually needed. I just had this like instinct to make it dark, make it dangerous, make it right. hard decisions. Like, oh, you just murdered someone. But it doesn't need to always be that. Yeah. And most of the time probably shouldn't. Um, well, so. I mean, it, there is a, uh, an automatic stake involved when people die and, or death is, is a possibility. Sure. So I think it's an easy thing to go to because, it, I mean, yeah, that's it's an automatic stake. So I think that's probably, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, I think there are some things where the stakes, if they're that serious, it does, it can clash with the tone, which I don't know. I think because of the game we were playing, I don't think that it did any disservice to the story because there was lots of pretty awful stuff that happened. That was kind of like our characters being children and having to face this stuff. was kind of like a large portion of it. It was Um, a large portion of it. I think looking back on it now, like I've been thinking, I was just talking to Carly about this the other day. If I was to like adapt, um, Elysian Road into like a series of novels or something, um, and, you know, re- you know, rebuild the setting and try to like specifically make it as if you know from the ground up as like the perfect version of the story or whatever. I probably would lean way more into the like anime nature of it, Lucky, yeah. um, right? Like I would have if I was and specifically if we were going to do if we were going to rewind and do Elysian Road all the way from the beginning again, we would have mm-hmm. done Fate Accelerated, mm-hmm. and I would have done full Ruby with it. All of your enemies would have been robots. Right. I would have just had everyone use robots um, because that preserves the tone Mm -hmm. that we want without you having to have non-lethal weapons. You can just shoot the robots. Right. That's true. Um, We can have carnage with the robots. um, So, right. I mean, there there was some things, especially there was a lot of the tension that came about between the party and Evelyn happened because she was willing to take life. Yeah. So I think that it it was going to be part of the plot no matter what. And there was also a whole thing of her arc where like sacrificing life had to become an unacceptable thing for victory, right? Yeah. Or rather at least something she cared about. And I so feel I think, like I probably could have done it better though, like by by having most of the enemies you fought be robots and then have the yeah. particular important That's moments true, would be like them. NPCs that you have to choose whether or not to kill or not kill. Yeah, and I suppose it would have been more impactful, I think, instead of like the first yeah. random pirates you come across, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess I could see that. I think I could agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I had no issue with how it went, but I, I, yeah, I, I think it was fine that. all together, but I, 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 think I it's always ironic, have to. But... Sorry. I always think back through those things and, and like, how could I have done it better? So, yeah. well, you know, that's how you, you craft your style in the future. I, I do think it's funny that we went from, I don't know if we went directly from, did we go directly from orphans to Elysian road? I think, no. Did we? Anyways, uh, at least we went much. pro inquisitors, Elysian road on Domini. That was the order of, of things though. Of uh, things there. When did we do or- orphans? Well, and then we did orphans. We did hellbreaker sequence. And then we did orphans. Okay. Well, I just remember thinking it's it's funny that I think the game we played orphans in would have been better. Something like stars on number, obviously there's sci-fi and then stars on number five would have been better in fate. Um, But uh, yeah, that's ironic, but yeah. So anyways, um, we have any last thoughts, any other psychoanalyzing you wanted to do? I don't know. I think the only thing that that comes to my mind that's just fun for me to think about is, as we mentioned earlier, is just that whole be able to pick out your friends in the shows that you're watching and stuff. Um, Like I remember uh, Connor and I went to go see The Magnificent Seven several years ago, whenever that was was 16. And the entire time we were just figuring out who was everybody playing. Um, and it was like when we were were in the middle of Chrome Inquisitors, I think in season two or something. And um, uh, 
it was definitely like we, we were just like because it's like an all bro movie right it's like right, yeah <laughs> it's just a bunch of dudes having to save a town and so we yeah. were like oh well that's david and that's jared and that's connor and that's me uh, i think i was the gm in that one but oh that's what we decided but uh right. but but because we knew the the people we we knew the archetypes they played yeah. and it's it's really fun to uh did you be able to recognize that because popular mythology is just super fun uh in a friend group yeah for sure um yeah i i, I think my most ambitious version of this is i went through the entire uh mcu up to endgame and assigned uh which every movie who's the gm who are the characters who's playing who how do we do the <laughs> team ups i, I literally went I through the whole thing uh, here so here let me let me find it real quick uh, okay it's hilarious um i called it the marvel cinematic universe of rpgs i i had an idea to do um you know darst and droids oh yeah where it's like a web comic mm -hmm. where you take screen caps from uh the movie right. and then make it into an rpg campaign i was yeah. like this would be the most ambitious project ever and i would never do this but it would be really fun to go through all of the mc movies and make them into campaigns where we're playing the characters so I had myself as like the first movie, right? As Iron Man. And it would be me as the GM and Jared as Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. Yeah, it'd be great. And then we go from there. And then like, obviously you, you get all the team ups and stuff. This actually came from when we were watching um, Thor Ragnarok. <clears throat> oh, okay. And we were looking through the characters that were being played there. And we were like, okay, well, Adam would be Thor. Um, Jared is Loki. Uh, yeah. And then we yeah. assigned, you know, some of the random uh four buddies that are in that movie to like you and josh and but then we had uh josh as um as bruce banner as the hulk okay. um nice uh i was valkyrie because it was you know <laughs> nice. sundaray okay um, yeah, that's, 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 we had that's trevor segment as korg oh uh, yeah yeah, yeah I and, can see that. yeah and then you were scourge at the end of the game the uh Carl oh, urban the, the guy yeah, who yeah, like yeah. becomes a good guy at the end and you use the machine guns guys. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and then I went back through and like was like, OK, yeah. how do we get to this point? Um, but we decided funny. like we switch GMs every once in a while. And uh, I think the ultimate like the the kind of like iconic characters for all the, like Avengers ended up being uh, Jared as Iron Man, Captain America as Connor, um, mm -hmm. Hulk as Josh, uh, Thor as Adam, you as Black Widow um, <laughs> and Trevor Sigmund as Hawkeye. <laughs> And nice. I was like, yep, yep, that that fits. Yeah, it's pretty good. So but yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll send you this is probably it's amusing to look through. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, anybody listening, you can think about the sort of patterns your friends group have and see if see if you can find patterns in your own you know characters and anything that maybe you want to improve on or um, and, you know, it's always fun to branch out, try different things. And if you can identify you know, how you were your thought process and. Mm -hmm. and your patterns then you can also deviate from them intentionally um yep. which is i know i think we've done multiple times uh like the middle school ping pong girl was a deviation for me uh mm. playing a thing i mean a girl at all but especially a middle schooler <laughs> uh you know it's fun it's fun it's fun <laughs> to try and branch out of your your comfort zone and what you're familiar with yeah a little um, bit easier to do uh like a humor character with that um which is honestly yeah, and true. one shots are are good chances to do this sort of thing yeah because if it doesn't really work out then whatever you know and you can try it as hard as you want like you can go as hard into that idea if it's silly oh one last fine. one last campaign that i yeah. just remembered uh that 
do you remember the one we did the other alternate version of ourselves where it was fantasy? Yes. Um, the four yeah. horsemen. Uh, yeah. you you were, and you played. Uh, I can't remember what we called Ludvira, you, but, I think, or something. Yeah, Ludvira or whatever. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah that that was a pretty stereotypical David character too, where you're just like, yeah. I'm really good at never dying. <laughs> yeah, that was his, which was a mistake. I wanted to be a guy. I was like supposed to be the Horseman of War, so I was like, okay, what? What would be a cool thing for like a war guy? And I was like, okay, well, it'd be cool if he could just keep fighting no matter how much he gets hit. But regeneration is not really a thing in fate mm-hmm. because it'd be real overpowered. Like you only take so a few hits. So if you could regenerate them, it'd be nuts. Yeah. Um, and it always costs fate points, which you run out of pretty fast if there was anything like that. And uh, so I was just like, I just just if I die, I come back. But it's fate. So like, I had to intentionally die to die. And I think I ended up making a stunt where I could like choose to let myself be killed in order to kill somebody else or something like that, so that I could actually ever use that ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And you're right; that was very that was a, obviously for you know, for obvious reasons because it was supposed to be fantasy us. Um, that was very uh, like a, a David character. I mean, I, I played a Viking basically. Yep. And oh, it was the Viking said the whole thing where if you die with your, with your weapon, you go to Valhalla. So the idea was he had to have his sword in his hand because it was like a, a sword that the Valkyrie had given him in order for his regeneration to work. So he had like a gauntlet that he could not, um, he could take it off, but it was like latched onto his arm and the weapon was latched into that. So he couldn't let his sword go so that if he had been shot in the back of the head with an arrow, he would still be regenerated, uh, which I guess would make like eating supper awkward, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, we don't think we ever worry about that. Um, yeah, I think yeah, all those the, characters were pretty, pretty uh, stereotypical characters of, of yeah, you so, guys yeah. because we had Jared, Jared was the force basically. Jared force. had like kinetic energy magic where you could just slice everything in half, and yeah. then Connor, yeah, Connor was playing like the the tortured character who had to read people's minds, and yeah, uh, he had Which a staff. I, I remember you kept forgetting that he could do that, and you're like, oh crap, Fred, you can read minds. Yeah, um, and then. Uh, yeah, Josh played uh, an illusion, an illusionist character. Yeah, yeah. Josh was always good about getting out of his own, like you know, playing different characters. I felt like he was always good at being like, "I'm gonna do something different." He, one of his specialties was like adding something really fun to the lore because yeah, of true, like yeah. you know, being like, "Oh, this would be an interesting thing to explore." And then his character continues to go down that rabbit hole of like, "What does this mean?" Mm-hmm. Like you know, Till, for example, any like f- cool technology stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah the opera yeah. theme. <laughs> yep. 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 Yeah. Exactly. True cool well that was a fun little little dive back yeah. into nostalgia yeah, that was fun uh but yeah thank you guys for joining us this has been idle inspirations and we hope you're inspired to play more role-playing games see you next time hopefully it will be fewer months yes indeed before then the plan is to have an episode next week we'll see sounds good 